Now, let me get to DeGrom. Hoffman seems to have a problem with the fact that Jacob DeGrom did not start game two of this series. I, did, I haven't yes. heard Beningo's Oh, the Pain podcast, but I am <laughs> sure when Joe does it on Friday, and you should check it out. We love Joe, and me and him will be doing Saturdays together starting in the fall. Joe is going to just destroy Jacob DeGrom. He hates him, and that's fine. You present to me why this is a big freaking deal that Jake didn't make the start on Tuesday against the Yankees. Oh, well, because it, 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 to your level of every game is a big game right now in the division, if if this was such a big game, the bigger game, the more important is the Yankees because they're the better team. The Rockies are a team that I just don't trust. I, I think that they're, they're a, more of a layup in that way. You could put any pitcher that the Mets have and feel more comfortable. You can put Tywin Walker in a game versus the Rockies, we're good. The Yankees, it's a bigger spot, bigger place. DeGrom needs to pitch on that game. That, that, that's just how it goes. Okay, uh, I will counter you and destroy you very easily with that because that's fine. I understand your point. Oh, thank uh, you. What team is better, the L.A. Dodgers or the New York Yankees? Dodgers. Oh, they are? Okay. So Jacob DeGrom is going to face the Rockies and the Dodgers. Under your plan, he would have faced the Yankees and the Rockies. He wouldn't have faced the L.A. Dodgers. Your counter. Okay, that's fine. But I, <laughs> I, I, I agree. I, that, that's fine if you want to throw the Dodgers in there. But on the other hand, too, you talk about hometown, big. Nah, nah, big nah, nah, nah. See, now you're going to shift into the Subway <laughs> Series. And that's, that's fine. Like, if that's how you feel about the importance of Mets-Yankees, no, that's fine, Pete. In all seriousness, if no, if your but, answer is I want to beat the New York Yankees, then just say it. But don't give me the better team crap because that's not true. No, no, you're you're right. You're right. That's fine. But but, but it's still you're right. And if, if long scheme, you're right. If they, if they set up to play the Dodgers, I understand that. But you're right. It, it's more look the about way the fact things that- were going to go. If they started Jacob Degrom on Tuesday on regular rest, coming off a 95 pitch game against the Braves, which. Look, hopefully at some point, throwing 95 pitches and then pitching on regular rest wouldn't be a big deal. But we are talking about a guy that's barely started over the last year. The way it would have worked if Jake started Tuesday night against the Yankees, assuming, and I do assume, they don't want to recall David Peterson or insert Trevor Williams into their rotation now when they've got multiple off days, is that DeGrom would have pitched Sunday against the Colorado Rockies. That's what would have happened. And then he would have missed the Dodgers series and pitched against the Washington Nationals. By pushing him back a day, which gives him actually two extra days of rest, not only have you reinserted Taiwan Walker, which we're going to need to do anyway, but you've given DeGrom two extra days. Your premise of he's got to face good teams, well, the L.A. Dodgers are a damn good team. I mean, those are games that they have to win, not because they're trying to catch the Dodgers. That's not going to happen, nor should they want to. It's about... You got to beat them. You're about to play them. And Jacob DeGrom would face them. Look, if the answer is simply, and I know Beningo's going to feel this way, and that's fine. If the answer is, it's the Yankees, and it's a bigger deal, and I want to beat them, then that's fine. You can say it. But when you're looking at the grand scheme of things, you got to be smart with Jacob DeGrom. You just have to. The guy's barely pitched in the last year. And as much as I want to take all the bubble wrap off and pitch him every five days and let him throw 110 pitches, I don't think that's the way to get him ready for the postseason. Now, what's funny about the whole thing is Max Scherzer. Do you remember the whole tire and arm from Max Scherzer last year? The overcooked arm? 
Okay. Yeah, he couldn't make the playoff start. start. Yeah, he, he, was, he was cooked. Yeah, I remember. His reasoning. Think about his reasoning for why he was cooked. Because they didn't pitch him enough down the stretch. How about that? Max Scherzer explained this last year. That, remember, they had a shortened 2020 season. He had missed a little bit of time and didn't feel like they pitched him enough down the stretch in 2021. So now it's playoff time. He's pitching out of the bullpen. He's pitching every five days. He didn't feel he was equipped because he didn't pitch enough. So Max Scherzer, in and you trust Max Scherzer, we all do, is going to tell Buck Showalter, hey, I want to be ready for October, right? That's pretty important. And was like, yeah, of course. I need to pitch every five days. And I got to throw 100 pitches. And I got to pitch. Because that's what works for me. That's what gets me ready for the rigors of October. So I know that's going to play into the narrative of how much of a tough guy Max is. And he is. He's a, he's a great pitcher. He's a Hall of Fame pitcher. But that's different than what's going to equip Jacob DeGrom for the playoffs. Right now, pitching Jake every five days and have him throw 105 pitches in which most of those pitches are 99 to 101 miles an hour, it's probably not best for him. But for Max, what's best for him is for him to pitch a lot. Number one, I find it fascinating. The dichotomy of the dichotomy, the dichotomy of the two great pitchers and how different they are. But I think with Jake, it's a reminder. We gotta be smart. And we can't get all pissy that Yankee fan B says, oh, he's afraid of the smoke. Oh, he's afraid of the Yankees. Okay. He's afraid of freaking Yankees. I'm sure. He's a he's afraid of Isaiah Conifalefa. He's afraid of Kyle Higashioka. He's afraid of Oswaldo Cabrera. He's afraid of Glaber Torres. Yes, Aaron Judge, very good. DJ LeMayhew, very good. It's not about being afraid of anybody. It's about being smart. It's about understanding that we cannot have this guy get hurt again. And the Mets have to handle him with care, as frustrating as it is. Have I convinced you? I think I convinced you. Well, yeah, but I mean, part of it too, like there you go. You say like, you know, Scherzer needs to pitch on, on, you know, consistently. He needs to pitch a lot. Meanwhile, DeGrom, on the other hand, you look at him, he doesn't really have that pedigree to go deep into a playoff because they're never in the playoffs. He doesn't really know what it's like. <laughs> and 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 typically, it feels like lately, it's, hey, more time off the better and just kind of backload him because that's what he needs to survive. I mean, it kind of sucks to say that. You're right. We have to handle him with kick gloves right now. Right now. Right now we do. I, I think that come October, things are different. I do. And I think, especially in a contract year, the Mets are just going to go balls to the wall, and they're going to do whatever it takes to win. And I do think Jake will be that way too. Let's not forget what Jake did in the postseason in 2015. I know it's a long time ago, seven years now, but the balls he showed in Game 5, the dominance he had in Game 1 of that first-round series against the Dodgers, he pitched very well in the NLCS. If you remember the World Series game, I certainly do, Game 2 of the World Series, he threw four no-hit innings and then imploded in the fifth inning. I think he just ran out of gas. I think that was him with his overcooked arm or what have you. And remember, he had a full season that year. He threw a ton of innings that year. So it's been a long time, but I try to never forget how great he was during that postseason in 2015. Look, here's what what everything means now. The Mets get a much-needed off day on Wednesday. They get an off day on Monday. They are about to play an insanely soft part of their schedule. And they've got to take advantage of it. For the most part, the Mets have done a very good job of doing that. 
They played the Cincinnati Reds uh, about a week and a half ago, and they annihilated them in that three-game series. When they played the Washington Nationals in Washington, they won two out of three. When they played the Marlins in Miami, they won all three games. When they went to Chicago after an emotional Brave series, they won three out of four. For the most part, they have done a really good job of beating these bad teams. They're going to have to start doing that again because this schedule, yes, it's very soft, but I really believe that you're going to have to win so often to hold off these bastards from Atlanta because they're great. They really are. They're the defending world champions, and I think at times some of my fellow Met fan brethren doesn't give them enough respect for who they are and what they're doing right now. They have been the best team in the world since... June 1st, they've been incredible. For about a three-month period, they very, very rarely lose. And so the Mets have a two-game lead, which is better than not having a lead. But to maintain it, it means you got four games against the Rockies. I know winning all four is probably maybe, maybe it's asking too much. I don't know. Win three out of four. When you play the Nationals next weekend at City Field, win all three. When you go to Pittsburgh first week of September, win all three. When you go to Miami, win two out of three. When you play three against the Cubs at City Field, win all three. When you play four against the Pirates at City Field, this is literally their schedule. Think about all these teams they're about to play. Four against the Rockies, three against the Dodgers will be tricky. Three against the Nationals, last place team. Three against the Pirates, terrible team. Three against the Marlins, historically bad offensive team. Uh, three against the Cubs, they suck. Four against Pittsburgh, they suck. A lot of bad teams. Here's my one problem, and this is, Ev, you know this better than anybody else. These teams suck. They're going to make call-ups, though, in September, and this is the time to just punch the Mets in the dick. This is what <laughs> this is this is what happens. Because, and I'm, this is not me being negative, but I'm not Tommy freaking Lugauer sitting there being like, oh, this is what happens to the Mets. No, 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 no. But I will say this much. It, you cannot go into these series and think that it's going to be easy because these te- they're, they're out of it. Rockies are out of it. The Pirates are out of it. Cubs are out of it. You have a bullseye now on your back because they want to do whatever they can to knock you, knock you down a peg. It's, it happens. No, no, that, that's fine. Year. That's fine, but I want to give this Met team credit for this. They have shown us no indication that they're going to go into a series against the Rockies or a series against the Nationals with their eye not on the ball. I mean, they have done a great job, especially after emotional series of not letting down. So I know what the history of this franchise has shown us, but this team is different. And I think we have to acknowledge that. And even after losing two straight to the Yankees, as depressing as that may be, I actually go in with confidence. I want to make that clear to my fellow Met fans. I am not portraying any kind of negativity. The only negativity I have is something we can't control, which is that the Braves are awesome. <laughs> I mean, which is which is not a negative Met comment. Like, in a normal world, the Mets are 10 games up right now. We're all cruising to a National League Eastern Division championship. But this isn't a normal world. This is similar in some ways, to what the Dodgers and Giants went through last year. They had two teams win over 100 games. And unfortunately, your booty prize, booby prize, in not winning the division is you got to deal with a wild card series. Last year it was a wild card game. Now it's a wild card series. And I don't want to deal with it. 
Doesn't mean the Mets can't win it. Doesn't mean we wouldn't be confident going into a best of three against the Phillies or even the Padres, as well as the Padres have played against the Mets this year. But no one wants to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it. By the way, great line from Buck, who does a a fine job of taking shots at everybody. Like the other teams, not us. Took a shot at the Braves recently when he was asked about the ice cream machine that the Braves got for winning three out of four against the Mets. And he says, really? What'd they lose when we took four to five against them? So Buck was asked about the atmosphere at Yankee Stadium for these two games. And it was a great atmosphere. He said, almost as good as the ones at City Field. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Little tiny itsy bitsy shots. It was a great atmosphere. The Subway Series always provides that. I thought there were a great amount of Met fans in the building. Unfortunately, we lost. You know, we're losers. We have to take that L. We've got to be humble about it. The Yankees beat us. And hopefully for our sake, and I guess for their sake, we'll meet again. That'd be great because it means we're in the World Series. That's what it means. F them and whoever the Mets play. If we meet again, that means we're in the World Series. Anything I miss, Hoff? Uh, I, I'm trying to think. I mean, uh, I, again, I unfortunately have not seen any of the games this past weekend. Oh, this past weekend, jeez. This week. Uh, but, I mean, I guess Judge killing us, that sucked. Jolie coming in in un- fa- spectacular fashion, that sucked. I, I think that's kind of it. I think you nailed it. I mean, I, I saw some, some heat just with the hot dog situation. At the Yankee Stadium. Oh, whatever. Somebody drinking a beer with a hot dog. Whatever. Who cares? Would you do I that? that. Would I, I would try anything once, so I'm not going to... I'm not poo-pooing it. I just think the whole thing was orchestrated. I think it was all planned and orchestrated is what I'm convinced of. Dude, I don't really care. Okay, well, okay. so how about this, though? Uh, realistically, though, you're a Med fan. It sucks. C-Mac being in the spotlight after game one with the strikeout, Luke Gower there. What, what was, I didn't hear your response to, today to that on air. Did you talk about well, that? Well, it perfectly or? exemplified how we all felt. I mean, Big Mac represented the giddy, happy Yankee fan, and Lou Gower, Lugie represented the bewildered Met fan. Yeah, that's, that's what that was. <laughs> that's, that's how we all felt for two days. But the beautiful thing is we all get to move on. The Yankee fan deserves their time in the sun. They won, just like when the Mets beat the Yankees a month ago. And by Thursday night, they go to Oakland. We take on the Rockies. We go our separate ways. And good luck to them in winning the American League East. They certainly should. And hopefully we win the National League East. That, that's it. I, I got to deal with my ass whooping uh, for one day. And then that's it. Because even after that, people move on. The Yankee fan moves on. Look, overall, there was a split in the Subway Series. But for the next couple of days, we as Met fans have to own it. We take our L. Hopefully, though, we get the last laugh. Uh, there was some interesting news, by the way. I did miss it. The fact that I believe Escobar coming back, that he'll be the backup shortstop, which means uh, Beatty has that third base job. And they'll they'll call, I think I think that's what they're talking about. That they, they Who they bring in from, the, was it uh, Lopez or... Well, they've got, they've got a couple of moves to make. They're going to have to bring up a pitcher at some point because right now they only have a four-man rotation unless Trevor Williams enters the rotation. But I do think at some point David Peterson gets recalled and gets the fifth spot in the rotation. Carlos Carrasco could be back, though I think the timeline is a little bit longer than that. Right now they're carrying three catchers. It's tough because 
Perez. <laughs> Perez, I don't want to say he's better than James McCann, but I think right now as Met fans, we're all kind of done with James McCann. They are not going to DFA James McCann. It's not going to happen. So Perez will eventually go back down to the minor leagues. Escobar will be activated. Yomar Sanchez, you still kind of want around because, look, Lindor is going to play shortstop all the time. I think Escobar as a backup is more in case of emergency. If they ever need someone to play more shortstop than that, Yomar Sanchez is going to play more. Uh, I also think that Escobar has a big role as a defensive replacement for Brett Beatty because I don't think Beatty is solid enough where you want him out there defensively. So I think once Escobar is back, he'll probably also play against left-handers at third base. Uh, I think Beatty will sit. Beatty, Beatty should still play. He did have a better offensive day in the finale of this series. He had the catcher's interference, also had a base hit. But he's still you know, hitting 140. Let's all be honest about it. So I think roster-wise, uh, the third catcher will go away. They'll have to replace the pitcher and call up a starter. And, yeah, I guess uh, Escobar is your emergency shortstop, which is fine. I mean, how often did Luis Guillerme even need to play shortstop? Because Lindor basically plays every single game. I do think that in this Rocky series, you may see some of the non-off day guys get an off day. But Starling Marte never gets an off day. Francisco Lindor never gets an off day. Pete Alonso never gets an off day. Brandon Nimmo very rarely gets an off day. I would venture to think against the Rockies. Uh, even though they do have an off day on Monday, Buck may try to buy one of these guys an off day. Because I give Buck credit. He runs those same four guys out every single day. But we'll keep an eye on the roster. Hopefully Carlos Carrasco comes back quick. And the Mets could go another week without using a fifth starter. Because they have the off day on Thursday. And they have the off day on Monday. So not until the Washington series next weekend. Labor Day weekend. Do the Mets have to bring in a fifth starter? And then remember, September 1st, extra guy on the roster. Extra two guys on the roster, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's 28-man rosters now. They don't expand to 40 anymore, but they do expand to 28. So that makes the roster crunch thing a little bit easier, um, knowing you've got the two extra roster spots to play with. We'll have another Rico coming up after the Rocky series, uh, and hopefully things go well. But for the next two days, lick our wounds. The Yankees kicked our ass. You enjoyed Disney World, Pete. I'll be back with Craig 2 o'clock every single day this week. Thank you for listening to Rico Bronya. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronya podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. 